I'm Pastor Dan. My title this morning is Empty. My text is the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. You'll find in your bulletins an insert with the text, New King James. If you want to use your Bible, if it's in the New King James, use it. Otherwise, let's all stay with the same word so we, when I read, you can actually follow. And uh, also in the back, you'll find a sermon outline. That's for your easy reference. And this time, Kate allowed some spacing if you want to put some, some notes down. But if you notice in the back, it's a six-point sermon. Wow, that's a long sermon. Not really, it's going to be my usual short. You know, let's pray with me as I seek God's anointing on these my words, but his thoughts. Psalm 1914 reads, Dear Lord, this morning let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Follow as I read John 20, verses 1 through 8. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first, and he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and... He saw and believed. Amen? It's Easter Sunday, or Resurrection Sunday. It's a joyous occasion, a season of renewal, a time of extreme worship. You know, sanctuaries are filled with beautiful flowers, lilies, and tulips. Children, especially little girls, like showing off their pretty clothes. And there is a sense of excitement and expectancy that ripples through the congregation. And families will meet for a holiday. They'll have a holiday meal after the services. The little ones eagerly anticipate an Easter egg hunt. However, Resurrection Sunday celebrates Jesus' resurrection as one of awe, wonder, and reverence. Now, we know that a lot has happened to Jesus in the week before. Perhaps a time of reflection needs to happen on the things that had gone on during the week before and how that applies to our own lives. But with the resurrection, with the future holding a richer, deeper relationship with God in Christ, making Easter so much more than decorated eggs, clothes, flowers, and Easter bunnies, 
In the Gospel of John, chapter 20, you find the story of Easter and the empty tomb. And yet, when you investigate further, you discover it is also the story of three people and how each of them viewed the resurrection. Jesus had been in the grave three days. After they had taken him off the cross, they wrapped his body in linen grave clothes and laid him in a tomb. It was now Sunday, the first day of the week when Mary Magdalene showed up at the gravesite. When she got there, the stone had been rolled away and Jesus' body wasn't there. She ran back and found Peter and John and said, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have laid him. And both Peter and John began to run to the grave. John got there first and looked in, but he didn't go in. After that, Peter pressed through the entrance and John followed. And there they were. The linen grave clothes were still where they had been when they had laid Jesus' body to rest. But the piece that had been around his head was in a separate place by itself. It's interesting that though Mary, Peter, and John witnessed the same empty tomb, their responses was drastically different. Mary saw and believed that the body had been stolen. John saw and believed that he had risen. Scripture seems to indicate that Peter saw and didn't know what to believe. You know, it's always amazing to me how people can look at the same thing and see something totally different. I wonder what others in this world see today when they look at the empty tomb. Maybe they see a conspiracy by Jesus' disciples to protect his claim. Maybe it's just another story in the Bible that may or may not be true. Maybe they don't see anything at all. It means nothing to them. I want to talk to you this morning about what I see when I look at the resurrection. When I look at the resurrection, I see six things. The Word of God says, Behold, I am he that lives and was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. The first thing I see is I see a God that is alive. He's not dead. He's yet alive. There is indeed an empty tomb in Jerusalem. I know about other gods. Buddha died, they buried him, but he's still dead. Hare Krishna died, they buried him, and he's still dead. Jesus died, they buried him, but on the third day he arose. And because he lives, he's become my counselor, my healer, my refuge, my Lord, my Savior, and my Redeemer. He's my king, my rock, my father, my keeper, my master, my teacher, and my intercessor. Hebrews 7.25 says, He is able to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him to make intercession for them. Since he always lives, do you have a need today? Then know that he's alive the second thing I see, I see an enemy that's defeated. The enemy is real, all right. He's known in Scripture by many names. Lucifer, dragon, Satan, serpent, adversary, the devil, the wicked one, the prince of darkness. 
And through his hatred toward God, sin came as he attacked God's very creation. Scripture says this, By one man sin entered the world, and death came by sin. While the devil thought he wanted Calvary, the cross was his ultimate victory. He didn't know that in three days Jesus was coming out with the keys in his hand. Keys to the kingdom. Jesus was dead for three days. What did he do to Satan during that time? Colossians 2.15 tells us, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And so first he invaded Satan's territory. Secondly, he overcame Satan's power. Third, he destroyed Satan's weapons. And fourth, he spoiled Satan's house. The resurrection surely says that the devil is defeated. The third thing I see is I see a gospel that's powerful. Colossians 2.12 states, You were buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. The gospel is more than a story about his death and burial. It's about his resurrection. This thing is more than just repentance and baptism. It is about the power that his spirit brings. Paul said that when we were baptized into Christ, we were baptized into his death and buried with him in baptism. And as Christ was raised from the dead, we are also raised to walk in the newness of life. And so when I look at the resurrection... I see a gospel that has the power to change a life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That's what the Holy Spirit can do for you. Gives you power you've never had before. Power over sin. Power over the flesh. Power over the world. The resurrection life is an overcoming life. The fourth thing I see is, I see a hope that is sure. 1 Peter one twenty one says, Who through him believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. We have a hope. Because he was raised, we're going to be raised. The fifth thing I see is, I see a promise that is beyond description. You know, the empty tomb says that he has gone to prepare a place for us, prepare a place for those who love him. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. I go to a place to prepare a place for you. Just a place? 1 Corinthians 2.9 states, but it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. On this planet Earth are some of the most beautiful places to visit. Just watch the Discovery Channel. But listen, nothing here even compares. John the Apostle said, The only way I can describe it is by telling you what is not there. No more pain, no more sorrow, no death, no more tears, no crying, no hunger, no thirst, no more deceiver, no more condemnation, no more separation, no more time. What a reunion day we will have. 
We will never have to say goodbye again. What do I see when I look at the resurrection? First, I see a God that's alive. Secondly, I see an enemy that's defeated. Third, I see a gospel that's powerful. Fourth, I see a hope that's sure. Fifth, I see a promise that's beyond description. But finally, number six, when I look at the resurrection, I see the value of you and me. Easter is more than declaring that our God is better than their God. Sermons on this day are often a verbal tour of the graves of religious leaders. We can visit the place where Muhammad is buried. We can see the spot where lies the remains of Confucius. But when we go to the tomb where Jesus was buried, they tell us this is not his tomb. It was only borrowed, for he didn't need to keep it. He's not there. He is risen. That is a great truth. But the Easter story is more. Easter is more than just pointing you to an empty tomb. The empty tomb did not convince the disciples. The living Christ did. Easter is more than just an argument for life after death. One more statement of human survival. Easter is more than the demonstration of the power of God. It is not just our Lord giving us a revelation, a religious show to demonstrate His power, even power over death. Surely, even the most cynical and shallow amongst us can see that Easter is much more than a mere parable of springtime. I have said, Easter is a demonstration of the superiority of our great God, but it is much more. That it is symbolized in an empty tomb, but it is much more. That Easter is an argument for life after death, an undeniable argument, but it is much more. That Easter is the definitive statement of the power of God, but it is much more, and that much more is Easter's recognition of the value of you and me. The word that has come this week in studying the scripture and praying for God's message for you is this. This is God's word to you and me. Easter, he is declaring my son, my daughter. The real message of Easter is the value of you, of my love for you. He did not come out of the grave to show that he is greater than Muhammad or Buddha. He did it to share his life with us. He emptied his tomb so that one day ours would be empty also. But that's not nearly all of the Easter word for us. Easter is, not, is more than an argument for life after death for human survival. Easter destroys not only the fear of death, but every other fear you have also. Swing the resurrection light not only over the dim shadow of your own expected grave, but over the thick darkness of the whole wide world. He literally wants you to fear nothing. Easter is much more than a divine demonstration of the power of God. Easter is the unleashing of the power of God in you and me. Christ lives in me, is the New Testament witness of his people. The one great thing that we must see is that we have lost an understanding of the value of ourselves, of the worth of our lives. The amazing thing about Easter is not that the Son of God can die on a cross, be declared dead and buried, and then blast out of the grave alive again on the third day. The amazing thing is 
that he would do that for you and me. It is not that he could do it that boggles my mind, but that he would do it for you and me. We have often declared that Easter is a message that tells us that Christ is too great for the grave, and that is true. But the rest of the story, the heart of the Easter message is that God thinks we too are too great for the grave. And he went there when he didn't have to in order to make a way out for us. Now listen to what is on almost every page of the New Testament. Romans 4.25 states, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Romans 6.4 states, We were therefore buried with him through baptism unto death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Romans 8.11 says, And the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. And finally, Romans 10.9 and 10 state that if you confess, that is acknowledge, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. All of these statements from the Holy Book declare that what the resurrection means to us. Easter is the most significant part of our Lord's desire to restore to us our worth and our rightful place in his creation. The Easter message that he is offering to us all that we have lost in our rebellion against God, all that Adam lost, and even more than Adam lost. See, we Christians have Christ in us. Adam didn't have that. We Christians can be filled and are commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Adam didn't have that. And there are other wonderful things Scripture says about us and about God's plan for us. Revelation 5.10 says, You will reign over God's kingdom. Romans 8.17 declares, You are an heir of God to inherit His kingdom and a joint heir with Christ. 1 Corinthians 6.3 says that we will judge the angels. Listen, God is getting us ready to reign, to rule. Easter's large message is the value of you to God and to the wonderful kingdom plan for you. The power of Easter is yours. When? In your heart you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Well, in your heart saying, thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for wanting me to give back to me all that I have lost. Thank you, dear, for wanting, Lord, for wanting me to be the joint heir with Christ. Joint heir of your kingdom and glory. Why do I inherit all of that? Because with my heart I believe in the resurrection, and with my mouth I will confess Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. And the proof is that I submit 
to his lordship. Amen.